my hair, Taylor Williams for Love Girls Magazine. Black people hair is as diverse as our skin tones, and that makes it great hair. Yes, black hair is high maintenance, but only because it is high in value. My hair requires watering, nurturing, and grows toward the sun like a sunflower. Though washing and styling my hair may take several hours, I consider it my self-care time instead of a nuisance in my schedule. I now take pride in the patience my afro needs in order to flourish. I scream, don't touch my hair, because my black hair is living. It is art personified that deserves the utmost respect. Love Girls the Podcast is all about storytelling and empowerment. Our mission is to share a space for women and girls to talk about the stuff that matters to them most. Love speaks to the support we give each other as we search for our own path to success. L. We can lead the way. O. Overcome barriers. V. Value each other. E. And empower each other. That's love. Because every girl has a story. And our stories matter. Welcome back to another episode of Love Girls, the podcast. I'm Brianna, I'm 13, and I go to Rivermont Collegiate, and I've been on the Love Girls magazine since November. Hey guys, this is Delasia Dixon. I'm 14 years old and go to Central High School online. And this is actually my first official podcast with Love Girls, so I'm really excited and happy that I decided to be a part of this. Hi, I'm Anna Hollenbach. I'm 16, and I'm a junior from Moline High School, and I'm excited to be here on the podcast. Hi, I'm Teresa Babers, and I am a volunteer and mentor with Love Girls Magazine. We are excited to talk about beauty standards today. We're talking about hair and body image with our very special guest, Taylor Williams, who is a former cover girl and intern for Love Girls Magazine. She'll be joining us all the way from Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, I don't know if you guys can uh, hear that music in the background, but we are at Underground Economy, and there is a band just jamming while we're here. So, just kind of um, like background music. Enjoy the background music. Okay. Yeah. Brianna uh, initiated this conversation and wanted yeah. to talk about beauty um, and how people feel compared to people in the media so this should be a really interesting conversation so welcome Taylor thank you I'm excited to be here good so let's see let's just jump in anywhere who has a question for Taylor so Taylor I want to see how have beauty standards affected your life personally personally I come off as a super confident self-assured person but I battle with my own inadequacy problems and insecurities with anybody and beauty to me is being able to 
wake up some days and acknowledge that you might not feel perfect, but also acknowledging that you're perfectly created at all times and being able to stand in the affirmation at all times. Growing up in a household that's been empowered black people of different skin tones, hair textures, and all that, being able to witness beauty in such vast articulations of what beauty is, what black beauty is, what a woman, what a beautiful woman is. Being able to see it in such diverse manners and for people around me to stand in their own beauty and in their own power and empower other women around them to feel beautiful just as much. Having that community around me for such a long time has grounded self-love within me with I'm a reflection of the people around me. So I'm calling you beautiful. It's me also feeling beautiful enough to acknowledge that within somebody else. Do you think that um, other young black women are this confident about how beautiful they are? And I'd like everybody else to answer that question as well. A lot of um, young black women don't feel so confident in their color and how they look is because of like social media and so many people stereotype like what the perfect black woman should be instead of trying to be your own person. And it's just sad that a lot of black women Especially young black women are uneducated about their culture and like how beautiful they are. And, and a lot of yeah. the time, like more light skinned girls, they get more love uh, from the media and those around them. And then darker skinned, like we have to try harder to feel beautiful to society. Like my sister, she's on the darker side and like even with our family she gets like negative comments about like her darker skin tone her hair is kind of like looser even though her skin is darker and she's felt like people think that you have to be mixed with something to have looser hair but she always felt like her hair had to be perfect to like sort of make up for her dark skin and if she didn't have the hair she did she felt like people wouldn't see her as beautiful so what delasia is talking about is the looser curl pattern as a as opposed to a tighter kinkier hair piggybacking up on what delasia said as a fair complexed individual, I, on the other hand, have 4C, 4D, F, the, the tightest of kinkiest of hair textures. It gets dry, it gets dull, hard to manage, stresses me out, but I'm fair skinned. However, because I was raised by darker skinned individuals, I never, I always wanted to be a dark skin. And I always wanted to. Oh, really? I was so, I always yeah. wanted to be brown skin. I was like, I'm not beautiful. I don't want to be light skin. I'm diluted. My blackness is diluted until I actually would go into society, go to school, and black students with me would be like, I wish I looked like you. It was never my mentors, my parents, who I was shaping myself after that made me feel out of place. I was like, oh, let me reevaluate society. It's true that lighter skin people are praised and uplifted and are put in the media more, put in roles that are for darker skin individuals. You see lighter skin individuals take up those roles, even if the book 
articulates that it's a dark-skinned individual that looks this and that way. Hollywood, the society beauty standard, continues to paint it as fair skin, loose hair texture. For me, I've gone through hating my hair, wearing wigs, never having my afro out, to cutting my hair off and perming it and going through all the different aspects because I felt like my hair wasn't beautiful. So that's where my insecurities came from because I felt like I wasn't black enough in my community. I had insecurities that came from when I grew up in a white household when my mother had like well, my mother has straight hair and all my brothers and sisters have straight hair so I always grew up thinking that I had to have straight hair to like fit in with my school and stuff and then I moved with my dad and I lived in a darker household where everybody had 4C curls and everybody wore yeah. braids and I just remember would always get like hated on for having like my kind of hair yeah um I also got something to say about that because I grew up in a predominantly white family and I went and I go to a predominantly white school so all of my life kind of I've been surrounded by like having to feel like I need to have straight hair or I need to not wear my hair out because then I wouldn't be fitting in with the people that I'm around but like now that I'm older and I can understand I definitely feel like I've grown out of that and I still have some insecurities like what if I wear my hair out and people are like oh what's going on with your hair like it's too crazy I still have some of that like in the back of my mind but now that I'm older and I'm like not as insecure about it I'm definitely more comfortable in myself but and you know I think I want to jump in with a comment right here too as well because I know we've had the whole natural hair movement and so you could really see people going from permed hair to wearing how their hair naturally grows out of their head. But I also know that we spend an awful lot of money on products. And these products yeah. are expensive. I mean, one curl activator could cost you $20. And so we're not exactly wearing our hair the way it has grown out of our head. And I think the other thing about that is... Um, when you see people in the media, they're still wearing a lot of weaves. They're still wearing yeah. a lot of extensions. Yeah. And so, you know, my question to everybody is, one, who do you admire for their beauty in the media? And two, um, I don't know. Has the natural hair movement helped? Um, Taylor, you want to go first since you're our guest? Honestly, on like a social media widespread fame level of beauty standards of black women, I find a... a, a a vast amount of black women <laughs> in social media beautiful from Rihanna to Tabitha Brown to Angela Bassett Erica Badu Willow is gorgeous that's somebody that Willow, I love more Willow. so in our, oh, term, yes. our yeah. term she's gorgeous to me she's not quote unquote the standard she doesn't wear weave she has a bald head just like her mom and her mom Data Pinkett is gorgeous yes do you know like, Ryan Destiny Yes, gorgeous. She's so pretty. She's I, love I love her. Yeah. And then <laughs> Bailey, the Bailey sisters, gorgeous. Zendaya is also very beautiful. She wears like she's Zendaya very is natural. A queen too. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and on the other so, note, so I feel like a vast amount. It doesn't matter the skin tone, the hair texture. Beauty is beauty, and when you stand in your confidence and radiate that, and have an energy about yourself that reflects like love and empowering other women, and comfortable with yourself really, too. It really just makes you look so beautiful. It makes other people see you see look so much more beautiful. Like, yeah. And on the natural hair note, and like in the store, sometimes I feel like natural hair has become a fad to be a fashion statement to say 
they're supporting without actually tailoring to a community and what we really need to feel beautiful. I was at Dollar Tree the other day and it was a sticker for all the princesses. Moana was there, but Princess Tiana wasn't in there. Yeah, I see and that a lot too. it made me think that, yes, she is acknowledged sometimes, but usually you don't see her in the stores in the mass right, princess right. thing. You get Moana, you get Pocahontas, you get the brown girls, but it's not a black girl. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw a TikTok <laughs> and um, they had two of the characters from Black Panther and they were walking through in their full costumes with like swords and everything. And the person filming them was like, notice the reactions of people. They were looking at them very negatively. And then also in the comment section, someone said, was that really necessary? Like, why are they doing that? Not even realizing that they were a character just like the other Disney characters that are walking around in costume, yeah. it was like received kind of uh, hostile. And so I thought that was interesting too. So I think you're on point with that. And I just think, you know, I personally am overthinking that my hair is going to look like the person on the box or the bottle because I have my own yeah. hair and it's not going to look like that. And it's so not. you'll be disappointed like every time. Um, we want to switch gears just a little bit because the girls have brought up BBLs. Yeah. Oh. So, um, so basically, if you don't know what a BBL is, it's a Brazilian butt lift, and apparently they take fat out of your stomach and they put it into your butt. And I think that that's like, I have a mixed emotion about it because if you really want it, then go ahead and get it. You can do whatever you want with your body. But I also think that if you really wanted a bigger butt, you could do lots of squats, but I just have a lot of mixed emotions about it. And plus I figured out that it's like $3,000 to $30,000, like if you wanna get one, but it also just depends on like where you live and who's doing it. To me, it's not worth it. Like yeah. if it goes wrong, you can actually die from it. Yeah. And the side effects, it takes so long to heal and you can't actually sit for like, months and months yeah in the long run there are like no examples of someone who's had a bbl for like 30 years so we don't know like what it's gonna look like years and years from now and if it's gonna sag like in the future so to me it's not worth it and i think that people are like just getting it because everyone else is getting it and they think, oh, they look good and I want to look good, so I want to go get that. But they, like, kind of like what Delaysia said, not a lot of people know what's going to happen in the future, but when they get it, they're not thinking about what's going to happen later, but they just want to get it in the moment because someone else got it. Yeah, I keep thinking people are going to wake up with these huge butts one day and be like, I wish my butt was smaller. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's a fad and certainly wasn't a trend that was there a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying you should be ashamed of, you know, your big butt. I'm just saying everybody doesn't have to have one. And yeah. the beauty standards are like forever changing. So like maybe next year people will want to be thinner and then others that have like a big butt are gonna feel like they're ugly and then not want a butt anymore yeah because I know like a, like kind of last year everybody was getting like lip fillers and they were getting tanner and they were like 
that was kind of like the start of the BBL, and they were wanting to look thicker, and it was kind of like wanting to get the beauty standard of black women. But what I was thinking was that you are bashing black women for having all of this, but then you want to go and get something right. that you want to be, like, that you want to have that we have. But then this year, what I see on, like, my TikTok is there's a white girl with straight hair and blonde hair and green eyes, and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, she's so pretty. Like, that's the beauty standard. And I'm like, well, weren't you guys just, like, wanting lip fillers and getting yeah. bigger butts and looking thicker? Like, it's just kind of confusing because you never know how each year is going to go, and especially with our generation, it's always changing, and there's something always happening. And Taylor, so about beauty standards, um, I wanted to ask you, when did you first feel like you didn't meet the beauty standard? I don't necessarily think I do or don't meet a standard, honestly. For me, I have my insecurities, and I have my moments of complete confidence. And I'm always secure in the fact that I'm beautiful, regardless of if I'm insecure. Element, literally about like fourth grade, my mom would be like, if you want to wear this outfit, go ahead and wear this. It might be different from everybody else, but this makes you happy. And I look different from everybody else in school, but I was very secure in it. And I never actually thought about the fact that I was rebelling against a standard. had a like positive thoughts about yourself from an early age you have a message for your younger self in the times where you felt negative about the way you look and I think that's a good question for everybody I would like to hear um, Anna and Brianna answer that question as well what is your message to your younger self. I know like for you, Anna, you talked about being in a school and a family that made you feel uh, differently about yourself. What would you say to that that younger Anna today? If I could say um, something to my younger self, I would definitely um, tell my younger self that it's okay to wear your hair curly and not to have to get all those perms and straighten your hair and to embrace like my natural self. I would just tell myself how beautiful I am because as a kid I feel like growing up in a white family no one told me how beautiful that my black was so I feel like hearing that as a little kid it would have meant a lot to me it made me feel more normal because I was one out of two black girls in my grade so going to school every single day and seeing girls with blonde hair and blue eyes and even girls with nicer clothes that I had made me feel very insecure about myself and I was bigger than a lot of other girls too so that made me feel even more insecure but I would definitely just tell myself how beautiful I was for myself and that it's okay to, to be different. That if anything, that being different means that you're more beautiful than everybody that looks the same. Yeah. Yeah, I would kind of say the same thing as Anna, just not to hide your natural self because I knew that like when I went to school, I was just hiding all of my naturalness that I wasn't able to be myself but now that I'm older, I'm actually able to be myself around my friends and I'm not, like there are moments where I'm scared to like do something that I wanna do, but I also ha like know that I don't have to hide myself because I'm 
myself and I'm not anybody else. For me, I would tell myself that I'm beautiful like everyone else and also that your looks is not something that matters above everything else. Like, um, I was, I think I've always been like a good loving person, but then I looked in the mirror like my looks um, defined my worth and I don't think like that anymore. So I would tell myself that no matter how you look, it's about the person you are. Okay, and for me, I would tell my younger self that other people's inability to accept and appreciate who I truly am and portray myself to be does not equate to my level of adequacy in that I'm always a substance of beauty and of radiance regardless on who gives me an affirmation or criticism. I can affirm myself at all times. Good. And um, I really enjoyed this conversation um, with you young women today. And I think if I had a message to my younger self, it would be like better days are coming. There's going to be TV shows and movies that um, people that look like you are going to be a part of. There's going to be books with lots of characters. People are going to talk openly about these things and that people are going to be interested in you for more than what you look like. And I know we're not perfect um, at this time in history, um, but we're getting closer. I think we're getting closer because we're talking about these subjects and um, we're encouraging each other and lifting each other up. And I think that's really what this podcast is about. Thank you so much, uh, Taylor, for joining us today. If people want to find you on um, Instagram, um, where where can they find you? It's the Goddessy, T-H-E-G-O-D-D-E-S-S-I-E, the Goddessy. And I also have a website, thegoddessy.com. That's literally it. You can email me, find all my social media, poetry, links to any and everything that you need. Thank you. I am so very much grateful for, for being here. Thank, Thank you so much. If you'd like to learn some more information about Love Girls Magazine, or maybe you even want to get involved, you can visit lovegirlsmagazine.com. And of course, we want to extend a huge thank you to WVIK for their partnership in making this podcast possible. And you, we want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning into another episode of Love Girls the Podcast, where every girl has a story and our stories matter.